That song is called Acid and Fapping. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. and we're hearing the noon music. It's Some Call Me Tim, but it's really the AltaCast. LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, is going to be calling in, telling me, what's the haps, girl? What's the news going on in the world? Again, I've been submerging myself in a barrel of whiskey coming out only for free ice cream days. Every day is free ice cream day when you're on food stamps. Yay! Uh, I'm out today here at the station. Your host, Pam Benjamin. Excited about that call from LaToya. Just played an old, a really old Alta cast from January 4th, 2017. That was a lot of fun to hear that I sound exactly the same. And I still say the same things over and over. So, hey, Postal Service, support the Postal Service. Absolutely. Angel, I gotta get the 411 on that cute uh, Ethan. Is Ethan single? Ethan the uh, the postal service guy? The mail carrier? She's gonna come in and ask her. Angel! Is, um, do you know Ethan? Hey, do you know Ethan the postal service carrier guy? The cute one that's tall, is he single? Dang it, of course he's not. With those cute little pants and those boots he's always wearing. Yeah, dang it. Dang it, my mail carrier crush is not single. I cannot, I cannot skis after my mail carrier. I cannot, I can no longer sexually harass my hot postal service worker, uh, Ethan. I'll have to go back to uh, Patrick. <laughs> Oh, COVID times are rough when you know that you're, when you're yelling at your postal, when you were yelling at your mail carrier. Oh, I've, I've, it's, it's a good joke. I wrote about it. It's all going to be okay. All right. Uh, wait for the call from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. In the background here, we have some copay. I've embarrassed myself again in front of everybody. I have a crush on every boy, whether it be my mail carrier or like every comedian that I know. Uh, I, 
What are you doing? Where are you socializing? It's, it, it's, I, uh, I used to make fun of people. I used to say, oh, Tinder, uh, I'll never, I've never internet dated and I never will, but I've been like, oh, you're gonna Tinder, you're gonna roll, roll, And some say raise the bar, some say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar, but now I can't do that joke anymore because there are no bars. That's not true. There's like new cool outdoor bars and stuff, but when it's cold, it sucks. I mean, I guess it's nice because you can smoke outside, but now you can't smoke outside? I don't know. I don't know. Like, those are the, my biggest worries as a consumer. How am I going to spend my money I used to spend on alcohol? What, do I just go to gross out now? Do I have to tip my cashier at Grocery Outlet? Is that what's going to start happening? Kidding. Latoya, call me. I have a couple new jokes that I'll tell you guys just to work my jokes out. Uh, I used to nanny, you know. Oh, there she is. Yay, I don't have to tell jokes. Yay. Yay. Oops. Sorry. Sorry about that. There she is. I was just going to go into my new material, and I'm like, thank God she's here. I don't have to do that. <laughs> is this Latoya the Sheriff of Truth? Yes, it is. Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. Uh, how was the birthday? Um, it was good. I am uh, still feeling, I don't know what it is, but after the weekend, I just been so incredibly lazy, mm. and I didn't work out, and was just, not reading news is kind of healthy, too, and yeah. so I finally got my motivation back today. Good, yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here the fuck I am. Yeah, I saw. How are you? How? I mean, every day, every day is a strange struggle, to be honest. Like, I mean, life, things aren't that, aren't bad nor different for me. I mean, I'm still the self-involved narcissist that you know and love that it's hard for me to, you know, I mean, and I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to be so, um, self-centered in these times because everybody's having trouble there's all kinds of people who are like am i getting unemployment is it coming i have no faith in the system it's so funny as a person with like no faith in architecture or the government or what's happening to then be like yeah i applied and everything will be okay and i'm like is it will it i don't know um but we'll find out we'll find out i mean it's you know, I mean, come on, Latoya, how long have we known each other? I'm a roller coaster. So I just replayed an Alta cast six from. Years. Yeah, for I, six years. I know. So I just replayed one from the first week of 2017, right after you had talked me down, the wedding that I went to because I had called you that day and I was like, you saved everything because you talked me off the ledge. And it was so great. And it was really great to listen back to that episode we were talking about jeff sessions and and it was so great and we had all these like we had an interview person i was like oh my god our show still stands up like we sounded really smart and all the things we were talking about like police brutality and stuff are all totally still totally on the table right now and it was in the very three years later three years later at three and a half years later really because it was at the very beginning it was one one four 2017 it was right at the beginning of trump's stuff oh shit yeah so we yeah. just started the new year it was crazy was it was it was a good show but um not not much has changed i mean i'm still we've known each other for a long time and i'm a, i'm an absolute i've always been a roller coaster and there's always you know this sort of the, the only difference now is that i'm not in 
you know, a secure relationship with someone that I can dump all my problems on. So I've been having to deal with shit myself, which is really, I mean, I guess it's healthy for me to be an adult finally, but ooh, ooh, do you want to hear the thing? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, before we switch tones, I see an evolution of yourself in contrast with these past several years. You know, because I remember when we we talked about relationships many times on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we've talked about, you know, the ups and downs and what have you. But I do recall you said that, you know, you, you, know, you had a, you know, you would go to a different relationship and then you were single for a moment and then, you know, being, you, you're, you have been in long relationships. Yeah, that's what I do. And, I'm a, I've been a serial monogamist yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is when, you know, I always feel like it's healthy. I had my, a conversation with my cousin about this with one of her friends, about that person's a serial monogamous, and, you know, within his 20s, he's always had a relationship. And I just feel like sometimes getting to know yourself is so much of a healthy relationship, and then you get back in, because I'm seeing this flower of town blossom during these <laughs> shitty times. So there is always a good, uh, uh, I mean, you know, though we're in this day of the revolution, whatever, I see the positive moments and I'm seeing how much of a flower you have gotten into in the evolution. Now, you've always been a flower, but I think it's healthy for us women to just give some dick a break. And Oh, my God. Uh, no kidding. <gasps> that. Somebody hit somebody hit me up, and I just didn't even respond to the text because I just wasn't even into it. Like, I'm not even – I'm honest. This is the first time in my life – I've been single for five months now – that I'm like, I don't really – I'm not really looking for anything. And even people have been pointing out things to me. They're like, oh, that guy was totally hitting on you. I'm like, excuse me? Like, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe at all. And but it's just that I'm not even I'm just not even getting the vibe because I'm not even putting it out there. So, and not that and I don't really want it, especially in these times of COVID. Like, oh my God, I gotta get to know you. Ugh, I don't fucking care. Like, ugh. <laughs> I just I don't and even. I think, and you know, I I was depressed because I uh, you know I I am noticing I don't like the fact of getting older because um, I just turned thirty nine mm. and I also feel as I am still not an adult in my mind. I still have, you know, I still have the child in me, which I just have to realize it'll never go away. But I mean, I'm still at a point, do I want kids? Do I want to get married? Wait, you still have have those choices? Yeah. And so I don't know in my mind why I'm beating myself up over an age, just like what uh, Aaliyah said, age ain't nothing but a number anyway, <laughs> right. you know. So, well, so it's just that, I mean, unless you're a minor. Well, but true. since we're talking about yeah. age, this is one of the breakthroughs that I had recently. I've been doing a lot of hallucinogens by myself. Um, I've been spending a lot of time oh, by myself. Geez. Well, with my cats, I mean, come on. Spending a lot of time with my cats, spending a lot of time with myself on hallucinogens, and I recognized finally for the first time why I identify as a 14-year-old girl. 
and it's because I had huge trauma when I was 14, and it was nothing of a sexual nature, I assure you. Uh, and it's also why I believe that uh, stand-up is so attractive to me and why I work so hard at it and I want it to be like my thing. And it's a trauma that goes back to when I was 14 years old and I was mortified in front of the entire student body by a guy. He like, there were speeches. He put me down in front of everybody. I was completely embarrassed and I didn't have any, I didn't have any, I didn't have a good reaction at the time because I wasn't funny and I didn't, I took things so seriously and I didn't know how to laugh things off and I couldn't, I just didn't know how to respond because I wasn't quick enough at that time. Like I was very smart and I think I had, anyways, I think the reason why I enjoy stand up now is that it's almost reliving that moment at 14 when everyone was laughing at me, but they were laughing at me and I didn't get the joke. And I was like, oh my God, they're laughing at me. And that was so, that was so powerful that it suspended me there. And I'm still stuck as this 14-year-old girl. And oh I mean, you've God. seen me, the pigtails. And I ride, I wrote, I'm riding my scooter again. And I, you know, have a unicorn backpack. And I wear pink. And I like really young men. And I feel Wait 14. I, I feel for. Okay. I still feel 14. That's how I. That's how I identify. And so, it really, all these guys are pedophiles. To her, ladies and gentlemen, it is still 1988. It's still 1988. <laughs> absolutely. No, seriously, it was like it was. It was 1988, and it was it was September. It was sometime in September of 1988, and then that moment happened, and it was so scary and jarring and has just affected me for my entire life. And then there was a second mortifying event that happened when I was 15 and it was in November and there was a Sadie Hawkins dance and we got to ask a boy to a dance and I was like, oh my God, exciting. Oh, God, I can finally I get a date so. to a dance. And so I, in my infinite wisdom, maybe, maybe I was a little bit on the spectrum and now I'm not, I don't know. But in my infinite wisdom, I thought, oh, instead of asking the boy that I like person to person, oh no, I'm going to call up the radio station. I'm going to call up KMEL and I'm going to have, I love that era. And I had (laughs) KMEL ask this guy to Sadie Hawkins on the radio when everybody was listening and guess what he said? No, no. On the radio. So I was mortified. It's like once a year, but all, and all of, and that situation is what solidified in my mind that I'll never be good enough. No guys ever want to date me. I'll never be pretty enough. I'll never be smart enough. I'll never be funny enough. No matter what I do, no matter how clever I am, no matter how interesting or fun, I'm still embarrassing and weird and nobody wants to be with me. And that mindset was then bolstered by when I finally got my first boyfriend in college and my parents were like, oh, we know she's a handful. She's really hard to deal with. And so it's always been like my personality has always been sold as this downfall. And and so I've I've become this person that I am who's who's like just so insecure, just vastly insecure. And now that like I don't give a fuck, things feel different a little bit inside myself, but I still do fucked up weird shit all the time. That's so embarrassing. I mean, 
I can't even read half the emails in my messenger right now because of I just can't even look at them. I can't even I can't even interact with people because I've done such embarrassing stupid things cuz I'm like a 14-year-old girl. Anyway, that's my therapy. I I've, I've got, I got a breakthrough though, and so I just have to like work through this like I'm right with you, Pam. I think this is quite, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we've had a breakthrough license, but I myself, I, I totally understand because I am right with you, Captain. That fear of rejection to me is something that takes me back to pre-teen high school era, yeah. and especially in the area that I was living in um, at the time in Missouri. And, you know, I, those voices still pop up in my head. I think that's what's affecting me now. Yeah. Uh, now it's about, well, you haven't got to this part of succeeding in your life. Right. Or how about the, you know. Why aren't you getting booked on this show? Why aren't you doing this? How come you don't have a yeah. better apartment? Why, why aren't, aren't you as funny as you used to be? Right. Why, you don't, know, why didn't why, you take your ex-husband's money? Why don't you be normal? Why don't? Why aren't you married? Why don't you have a kid? Why don't you have a car? And it, you, it, you know, and all these traumatic experiences, because, you know, the voice in my head from, like, age 12 on, like, to, like, like senior year at graduating high school was they're all gonna laugh at you yeah and yeah yeah adam that. sandler i love that thank you terry yeah, yeah yeah you know because i always i i always put myself in a movie and the character i would be and especially at that time i pretty much felt like carrie yeah Absolutely. Constantly. Everybody (laughs) hates me. Everyone makes fun of me. I don't understand what my period is. They're all having sex or are they? I don't want to be naked in front of anybody. That's weird. Like, I just want boys to like me. That's. I just want people. Yeah. It was like, I, I, you know. Oh, I don't care about the girls. I just. You know, I wanted to be liked and I still, uh, I am still guilty of that wanting to be liked and not hurt people's feelings unless you hurt mine because that's one thing I can say out of getting older. I'm getting confidence back when it comes to my looks, Um, and I have confidence to tell you to fuck off rather than, like, you know, just walk away. Fuck that. Just walking away ain't going to give me justice because there's so much that I need to say rather than just walking away. Oh, yeah. I'm starting. Take the high high road. Just walk away. Fuck that. No. I'm starting to do. I'm starting to do the same thing in that when I was put down or not respected, specifically and usually by men, I used to not say anything. And now I'm. Absolutely, a hundred percent, saying something. When people, when I feel disrespected for my place, or I mean, I've my place and position is not that high, but still, it's what I got. And if you don't respect it, fuck your face. Like my time is valuable. This space is valuable. What I'm doing has value. And for those that don't respect, appreciate, and support that, I don't have time for you. I just don't anymore. And because. And I've bent over backward for people to try to make them like me. But what I've realized is with some people, no matter how much you bend over backward, they don't respect you. And they can actually respect me less because they think they can get anything they want from me whenever they want it without any compensation on my end. That it's all just 
well, she's giving because she wants to give. Well, no, I mean, I guess, but what do I get out of it? Of, it's that old cliche of mistaking my kindness for weakness. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, it's something about, like, you know, please, you do not want to see another side of me because there have been times when I've, like, maybe a couple times in my life where I've kind of blacked out and I almost wanted to bash that person's fucking face in, and I was this close. So I know there's a twisted dark side to me because all the years of being taunted and teased and bullied and even bullied by my own self, you know, I am yeah. trying to fight that voice that they're all going to laugh at you voice. Well, but that's <laughs> what I I'm turned into. To... That all going to, they're all going to laugh at you has now manifested as, geez, God, I hope they laugh at me. And the shamelessness that I've had, so shamelessness for me used to be something I didn't recognize and I just did it and then I wouldn't really be embarrassed because I was like, eh, I don't give a fuck. Or I did give so many fucks that now I just have no, I just don't, I can't care. If I cared about every time I should feel embarrassed, I would I would have killed myself a long time ago. Like I, I can't, <laughs> I honestly can't feel that much embarrassment. I do so many things that later I'm like, maybe I should feel embarrassed about that. If I took that into myself, I would have to become a completely different person. And I, I kind of like who I am. Oh, by the way, when I say when I say they're all going to laugh at you, I don't mean in a funny manner. I no, mean like, like they're going to pick on you and bully. Right, right, and laughing and pointing and yes, 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 yes. That's happened yes. to me so much as well. And it's like, and it used to always confuse me because I'm like. I'm the same size I was in high school, but I thought I was fat back then, which makes no sense because I'm very tiny, and I'm still the same size. Yeah. And I thought right. I was you fat. The and, same size. And I used to be like, "Oh, boys don't like me because I'm fat," but no, boys didn't like me because I'm Pam, <laughs> because of my personality, not because no, of the way it's I look. Also, Pam, you have to realize it's also the areas of suburbs of suburbia where we grew up. And so I don't care what no one, anyone says. Yes, the inner city can suck, but there is nothing more detrimental and talking to your self-esteem than living in the suburbs. Yeah, poor little you know? rich girl. It is and poor little rich girl. That's what I used to say. Poor little rich girl. Well, I, you're the rich one. I'm just the middle class one. But we both can identify that. You know, you you went to a Christian high school, and then I went to a public school. But it, it looked like. Something from a John Waters movie. Sure, sure. Or not John Waters, John Hughes. John Hughes. John, I yeah, I was in a John, John Hughes. <laughs> I know John Waters would have been more exciting, but John Hughes film. I yeah, knew that. Yeah, it, yeah. I was. Yeah, I went to school it, at 90210. Like it felt they were on 90210. They were wearing the same clothes. Everybody looked the same. It was. I didn't realize that 90210 was not reality TV. I was like, it's just like my school. Um, everyone was driving expensive cars. That's just the way it was, like, and I, and I thought I was poor, and it's just so stupid. It's all perspective, you know, and now I have this newfound perspective, especially with the 1st of September. I did, I was doing, I did a s summer spell, and it sort of last, it sort of worked, and it really didn't, so I just kind of took off that spell, and I'm starting a new spell, and um, and it's, my, my new mantra is, all new thoughts, all new thoughts, no old thoughts. 
No old thoughts. Old thoughts are dumb, and they haven't gotten me anywhere, and they didn't get me what I wanted. So now, you all new what, thoughts. You know what old thought means? <laughs> I'll tell you in a moment. It's just funny. You said old thoughts, and I thought there's, there's an acronym for the word thought, that hoe over there. So it's funny that you said old thoughts. <laughs> Never mind. No, I don't. I mean, it's just all new thoughts. That's my new little <laughs> mantra. And it's going to be I'm, – I'm making – I'm making some personal changes because that's the only thing I can do, and I'm trying to, like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm I'm pretty I, – I hope I get this um, this unemployment money because then everything will be great because then I'll, then I'll be secure monetarily because I feel – Yeah. I just don't I, – I don't, I don't know what I want, and I need to sort of figure that I, out maybe. I think that's what – you know what? You just, you just figured out what you wanted. You said, I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's the journey. And, you know, and again, you know, the majority of my friends, I'm the youngest out of all my friends. So I don't know why I'm being like a little bitch about things because there are a lot of things to look forward as getting older. Like for Cory Hiplo, women in their 50s, uh, their sex drive goes up. So <laughs> I'm like... So what am I crying for, you know? Uh, and, you know, the thing is, like, looking forward, being in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s now, doesn't look like what our grandparents were. And I think it's just, like, being as, like, time, everything that your parents told you about, you're going to wish you're gonna, you were young again. God damn it, Mom and Dad, you are fucking right. Well, I don't. Sometimes I do wish I was an eight-year-old. I would never want to go back to my pre-teen teenage years. That's for sure. But it, it, it's just some little moment of like, oh, I remember when I was eight. That was in 1989. That was 30 years ago. But I remember when I was 18. I don't want to go to that fucking bullshit. I don't even want to go back to 28. Ugh, that was terrible. I, I, I want to stay. <laughs> I want to stay where I am, but I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind twenty thousand dollars of reconstructive surgery. No, I. I mean, if I if I did have, I mean, here's how vain I truly am, and it's so stupid because I'm not even that. I'm not even that good looking, and I've got all these. I've got the new scars on my face from the from the accident, which I actually love my scars, but I hate my wrinkles. If I if I could have, oh, you don't have if any. I could have a seat, uh, uh, I need to use some filters on Instagram or whatever. I don't know what people are doing. I've got, I saw myself with my, I've seen my skin up close with the magnifying glasses. Now I, I know what I look like. It's very scary. Lots of hairs, lots of errant hairs that I can't see usually. But if I could be like a rich person that was so rich that nobody would know that I had that. I wouldn't want to tell anybody. I'd, I'd basically be like, I'm going on vacation for two weeks, and then I'd come back, and people would be like, oh, you, you look really relaxed. You must have had a really nice vacation. But it would be that they didn't notice <laughs> that I'd had a facelift, and they took out all my wrinkles, right? It's the same thing when I dyed my stupid hair. Nobody said anything. You don't need anything. a facelift. Oh. You don't need, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, podcasters out here, so they, these are things that we women, as we get older, think about. Now, we know some bitches that actually really do need a facelift. Um, and 
speaking on the black end of it, uh, you don't need a facelift. Oh, thanks. That's for sure. Your jowls are not saggy. You do no. No, I don't have saggy uh, jowls know, yet. If anything, if you want a refresher, Botox. That's a good point. You know, yeah. I probably, I probably yeah. within the next couple of years will probably get Botox. Yeah, yeah. And actually, just don't tell I anybody. Will possibly, I <laughs> yeah. No, I hope no one's listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm struggling with my midsection. I want it flat like how it was when I was 32, 30, 32. Sure. I don't know where this, like, thing came from. My belly's still flat, but it's not how flat as, as it used to be. Yeah. I'm still in good shape, but I can be better. I work out every day, so I'm trying to do everything right. I mm. cut down on my drinking, though I'm having an alcoholic kombucha right now. Mm. Uh, but... Marcus even said, like, and he's in his late 50s, oh, I might agree with you about going under the knife. Wow. Maybe we might get liposuction together. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That would, be, that would be the one thing that I am, like, determined, like, next year, if I don't get this shit out, if this does not go away, because at certain things at an age, your metabolism changes and yeah. they just won't go the fuck away. It's it's time a little it's time to have a little help from a doctor. Fuck that. I mean it just habit. depends. It just depends <laughs> how much our vanity affects our personalities or our sense of emotional and mental well being. Mine has always been weight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mine you know. We we are the bulimic Sister, yeah, so, no, uh, girl, I know. Uh, it was when little finger down the hatch. Yeah, I mean, I, and really helped in later years with my uh, drinking because I never, I, I, I was so good at throwing up. I didn't even have to stick my fingers down my throat, and so. Ditto. Yeah, right. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I don't need to get my hands all help. smelly. I won't get my fingers all smelly <laughs> and all gross. They smell all gross, and everybody knows. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. I never. I never needed I never needed a friend to pull my hair back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got that done. And then and then you just have to use a little Listerine and nobody knows. No one's the wiser. The only wise one was my mother because she was like, I wash the toilets, Pamela. And I was like, Oh, I gotta lift the seat up. Or like wipe out all the little drips. Cause she'd be like, You don't have that much diarrhea and that's not like I was like, Oh, you're confronting me on my bulimia. Hmm, this is fun. Uh which was and it's oh. just, yeah, I know. It's like, but that's because I it's, love it's to eat. Lot. I love eating so much. And I love binge eating. I love, I love eating food when I'm sad and I can't taste it anymore, but I'm still eating it. Well, I can't taste it anyways right now. But like sometimes, so now when I eat peanut butter pretzels, I actually, peanut butter filled pretzels from Trader Joe's and they're amazing. Um, and sometimes I eat them with chocolate chips too because I'm crazy like that. <laughs> Sometimes I eat them with marshmallows, too, and then I'm, like, super crazy. Like, all three together, chocolate, marshmallow, and peanut butter pretzels. Dear Lord. But I... There's something about getting caught. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. I, I put... Well, no, it's okay. I, I put things into little ramekins so that I won't... So that's my snack. And that I, I eat that, and that's it. And then I can be like, oh, I can take my time eating this. And it isn't like this... There's a bag in front of me, and I'm just mindlessly reaching into a bag. Like, that's a trick how I've sort of measured myself at this point like that's a serving size that's fair i can eat that as opposed to 
I'm eating I, all um, of it. I'll never forget when I started the binge and purge. Uh, it was eighth grade. I believe it was like May 1996. Mm. And I just remember like we just got back from Six Flags from our eighth grade graduation trip. And I remember I ate so much. And Twelve at the time churros. I was obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funnel cakes. Funnel cakes! Oh, my was, God. Was, yes, it was funnel cakes. Um, and I just remember... At the time, I was already going through things because my grandmother had just died. And being like, four, again, this is 14. Right, yep, 14, 14. 14. Yeah, on my way of going. Yeah, and I had these pictures of supermodels that I was so obsessed with that I was just like, okay, I'm going to try this because I had, I remember it was the Tracy Gold goddamn <gasps> movie that would play replays. It was replayed on Lifetime. I remember that. She had an eating disorder. You do? She had an eating disorder yes, when she was on um, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yes. With Alan Thicke, She's the still dad. Alive, who was, but she told her. Yeah, she told her it was, it was a great TV movie. Absolutely. I'm glad you remember this. Absolutely, I remember <laughs> uh, Tracy Gold. Oh, my God, forever. I yeah. loved Car- Karen Carpenter my favorite anorexic. <laughs> hands down she, I could like she literally starved herself by the way she was really really tiny before oh yeah so, oh my god and she uh, hid we, I mean both of them were Tracy Gold was tiny and still is and and um fucking Karen Carpenter was tiny and she thought she was so fat that's why she started playing the drums because she wanted to hide behind something she didn't want to stand she didn't want to sing with just a microphone in front of her because she felt so she felt fat and ugly and she wanted to hide and so she started playing the drums and then there was something about the era of like the 90s as well because that's when people actually started talking about eating disorders more Um, and like I remember there was a very special episode of Blossom Oh, really? <gasps> was it Six? Yes, Did her friend Six, six have it? Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. That's so funny. So it was there, It was all, all these, oh, like, be aware of the eating disorders. And mind you, uh, you know, again, this is living in the suburbs. I'm sure things probably would have been different if I, you know, came from, like, the inner city. I don't know. I'm just... Right. No, I hate... I agree. That out there. But it, it has to do with but, when you have money and resources, y- you don't have to... Your your biggest worry isn't where when am I going to eat or, like, I'm worried about shelter as a child. It becomes social. It becomes how do I fit in what's going on. It's a, just a different set of problems. And, I mean, problems are problems. And those, and those problems can turn into violence because, yeah. again... I was in high school during the era of Columbine. Mm. So, and fast flash forward to where we are now, where now you have to worry about violence in schools, yeah. but that's a whole different conversation. Sure. We're going to stick to vanity and eating the 90s disorders. Of Yay. But, but I just remember these things. And so I remember, you know, after coming home from that trip, I started. And it felt good, and it felt empowering. It is like a, dr- it is like being a drug addict. It's a rush. Yeah. Because you literally get when I was, you get adrenaline when it happens. Your body rushes with yes. like adrenaline and some endorphins when you throw up. It's a power thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you can control. Like I can control this. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started to get a little bit messy, but I did. My mom 
would ask me questions, and this is later on, like, in high school, like, when I was around 16. She's like, why are you always going to the bathroom after we eat? I'm like, I don't, because I have to pee, and I'm trying to be pretty. And my mom, toilet bowl thing, I didn't scrub good enough. She would notice certain things. Because black moms did not really pay attention to shit like that, you know. But it wasn't until I got caught when I was like 19, 20, when I was at my friend's house. Oh. Uh, and I got caught. And yeah. I, uh, two of my friends are outside the door. They're like, what were you doing? Oh, no. Because they, they had an idea. They had an idea because we all went to high school together. So they saw some of the clues but they didn't know. But I, I couldn't lie. I, I, was, I was trying to, like a drug addict. I was trying to say, like, no, I just felt nauseous, and, you know. And, and I remember Michael was like, but I've heard, for some reason, you're, you're always doing the same thing. And are you bulimic? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. I couldn't. I still lie to them to this very day. So See, I was, they probably knew. I was the opposite. I was like, I'm going to go throw up now. Like I'd go before track practice. I would run. I would get out of school, and then I would run to Baskin-Robbins, and I would buy a pint of ice cream with nothing too chunky in it, something nice and smooth, and I would eat the entire pint of ice cream. And then I'd barf, like even sometimes behind the bleachers right before track practice. I didn't give a fuck. Like I didn't give a fuck. Who knew? I was at school. At home, I hit it, absolutely. But when I was at school, I did it in the whatever bathroom, wherever, behind the bleachers, before a, before a track meet, behind a tree. I, I didn't care. And if you do it before a track meet or before you run, because of that extra adrenaline you and burn stuff. burn calories. Well, burning calories. And I was it gave me the adrenaline, and it, I felt like it made me a better runner. But also, I was an insane person. Like, that's the other thing that's crazy is that I was running like – six to ten miles a day. I was dancing three to four hours a day. I could have just consumed the calories I was consuming and let that be it, and I would have been fine. But there was something about over-consuming and throwing it up. Well, and really my most fun things were that when I was alone and I would go, I would go buy myself a pound of C's candy and I would eat the entire pound of C's candy. Like over a night, I would just like watch TV or watch a movie alone and I would eat this entire pound box of candy, and then I'd go barf it up. And I just I just loved that because I love candy so much. And I knew I was like, this isn't going to do anything to me because I'm not going to really eat it. I'm just going to – even for a while, when we worked at the yogurt, yogurt park in Danville, we used to um, – we wouldn't even swallow the food. We would take the brownie bits that we'd mix into the yogurt, and we'd chew them, and then we'd spit them into a cup so that we got the taste and flavor of the chocolate brownies. But we wouldn't swallow I've it. Heard of, yeah. We'd spit I've it into a cup, before. which is so See, stupid. Like my, yeah, it, I, I've done that many, many times before, <laughs> even in my adult livelihood. <laughs> um, it was like for me, like for high school, because I always, as a high schooler, you know, you are going to engage in a little bit of junk food and try to be healthy, like have a diet Pepsi at lunch. Um, uh, and then eat some Starburst. Yeah, yeah. Diet Pepsi and Starburst. <laughs> Starburst was breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Make sure we have a couple. And then for if I was extremely hungry, uh, for lunch it was a Diet Pepsi 
or a Fruitopia, uh, which they don't make anymore. And then I would be very cheap. I would either, if I was working on the newspaper, you know, Fridays was Papa John, so that was regurgitation day. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then sometimes we were able to leave campus, and at the time, two tacos from Jack and the Crack were 99 cents. So yeah. that would have been a favorite of mine to up Chuck. And then the other one was my 35 cent. How do I make how do I make my lunch cheap from like three dollars to 35 cents? Well, uh, in the lunch line, they always had the chili cheese fries, and I hate the fries. So I told them, can you can uh, can I just buy a cup of the chili, which was 35 cents, and then get a bunch of like the the saltine. Oh, there you go. The diet Pepsi. And that was my 35 cents. That's if I was extremely hungry. But yeah. that would come up. Wow. Um, you but, know, the other thing you that's... Know, and bulimia is so funny because it it really is a disease of excess in that we have so much access. Like, there's no bulimic people in, like, fucking Rwanda. You know what I mean? There's no people that have food shortages or don't have access to food. It's it's sort of like a a weird like it's like a hoarder it's like hoarding it's like a strange American disease and I know it's not just Americans, but it's about the disease itself is overconsumption, which is crazy because well, let's put it this way. it's a very Western societal kind. There it well, is. no, it's not. It's well, it depends because regurgitation also means different things in tribal concepts, but the way that Western society has it is towards vanity, so. right? Sure. Please continue. Sorry. No, that's just that. It's it just it's a it's a disease of overconsumption, and it's it's amazing to me that we have these diseases of overconsumption. It's it's a it's a poor little white girl. Well, see now, white. That's terrible. I just. That, but for me, when I was little, when I first got into poetry school, and people would be like, you know, write about your truth, write about what happens, and I'm like, no one wants to listen. To poor little rich girl story. Oh no, you were bulimic and suicidal because people didn't like you. Oh, you, you know, like I and I feel like such a jerk that that's oh, my yes, truth. Oh I know. Oh, I know. I mean, trust me, because also me being a black girl in the suburbs, you know, where the issues of like, you know, that there is the myth of like black girls don't do that, you know. Right. right. You know, that's the era of like black girls do that. This black girl did. And I think that was one of the reasons why, because my mom also, she's from a small town and grew up with predominantly white people. Her friends were bulimic, but she, you know, she grew up in the 70s, so I don't think they were talking about, Karen Carpenter was a shit to them, so until they found out, found out the truth. Uh, but, you know, it was that stigma and that stereotype of like, you know, uh-uh, that's not something that black girls or, or, or Latin girls do. Why, we, we embrace our curves. But no, it that was a misconception about, you know, uh, being a black girl living in the suburbs where I thought it was, I got away with it a little bit more longer because I wasn't, I wasn't looked at upon as like, you know, uh, she probably just, you know, she's probably one of those shitters and peers after she eats for a while. People believe that until I started not cleaning up my mess. Yeah, literally sure uh, and and then you know i i started to meet friends because I'm, i told you i did this you know to my 20s and yeah, early yeah, 30s yeah um and 
I had met other black girls like me when I was an adult that was like, oh, girl, yeah, I tried it. I couldn't do it. Right. And I'm like, oh, whoop. And in my mind, I'm like, I still do it. Uh. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's also one of the things that helped me get over, well, one of the things that helped mask my eating disorder for many years until I really started examining it this year uh, in February, actually, um, was cooking because I, you know, I, I'm a professional chef and I've cooked for, but that was the way that I started controlling food as opposed to controlling the food that came in and out of my body. I just controlled the food. So when I was cooking, oftentimes I wouldn't eat or even now, like I'll have a dinner party and I eat barely anything when people are around because I'm like, controlling the food and serving them and making plates and doing this and that and the other thing. And I'm around food and I love food, but I'm not like loving the food. Also losing my sense of taste and smell has kind of wonked me up about like how I eat because food eating just isn't as enjoyable anymore than it, as it used to be. So I just don't get as much out of it. Like as, as I used to, uh, but the controlling it still, I feel like, oh, I'm in control of something. I'm controlling this food. I can control my life. If I can control this, I can control my life. Because I do Absolutely. feel so out yes. of control during this time and during COVID and what's going on with money and what's going on with people's jobs and what's going on with the future and what's going on in my love life and what's going on in my own head. And all of these things are s- kind of out of my control, except for what's happening in my head and cooking, controlling food. So, yeah, I know. I think, I think, I, I, I totally agree with that, too, that control, because it is something like, I, I enjoy cooking. I always have enjoyed cooking, but, you know, since this is my job, because both my cousin and Marcus are working all day, you know, it is my job to cook even, you know, both dinner or lunch. Sure, sure. Or I made it my job. Right. You know, good for you. Pull your weight. These past two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also the fact of like, you know, eating better. And um, I've always, I've never had like a, a, a really bad eating pattern. Mm. Uh, I've always loved my vegetables. I hate candy. I don't <laughs> like candy that much and sweet, with the exception of Starburst and Jolly Ranchers and gummy bears. <laughs> It's so funny. You like those uh, weird fake sweet candies, fruit candies. It's good to note. Not a chocolate yeah, I, girl. I like sour. Yeah. I hate chocolate. So funny. Sometimes in my men, though. Uh, <laughs> but it's um, I, it's 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 the fact of like um, taking care of your body is. It, it, I put it this way. I didn't realize how. It's not my eating that's the problem. It was possibly the alcohol. And uh, ah. by the way, I'm about to get a little bit. I'm about to get a little bit soft mm. uh, for you and you podcasters out there. But I will tell you that you were a motivation for me to even cut back. Really? Uh, what happened to you this past February? You know, I'm yeah. like, you know, if this bitch can do it. I don't understand how I can't cut back a little bit, too. Well, I I took those five weeks off, and that was not difficult, really. It was surprising how how not difficult it was. Although, I mean, I was still out in a bar every night. I just wasn't drinking. 
but I, I had a lot like of support. The temptation was there. The temptation was there, but I had a lot of support from – I was hanging out with a good friend group at that time, and I was getting a lot of support, and I just wasn't drinking. I was obviously smoking and eating a lot of weed, but I wasn't drinking. And I did a really good job. And now I've cut back significantly. Like, even in the past two weeks, I've been drinking a little more, but it's still nothing to where I was back in January. So – you know, I don't know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, I've been eating really healthy, well, though, no. because of COVID. I, I haven't eaten out. I can't afford to eat out. Oh, my God, I don't have any money. I can't eat any Thai food or anything. Deli- I can't have a burger or anything. Yeah, delicious you can always or afford to eat out. <laughs> uh, well, so Jonathan bought me di- dinner last week, and it was amazing. It was this fried chicken sandwich at this place in oh, Berkeley. It was so good. It was so good. But that's, like, the first time I've. I just haven't had anybody cook for me because of COVID and I've just been so poor that I've been food stamping and cooking for myself and cooking for other people and et cetera. But I have to say that, you know, alcoholism really, really, as I'm sitting here drinking this alcoholic kombucha and I'm talking about this, alcohol is something that, you know, is a big part. I know it's a big part of my life because at one point in time, I was peddling it, and I right, right. probably a, will go back to that. What's the word for it? You know, a birier? A, you're a, not a sommelier, but you're a... A, a, a cicerone. Cicerone. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so I've got to tell you what you're drinking. I have to know knowledge, too. Exactly. But it, it, it but there, there was a time, too, like especially like the first couple of years of living here in San Francisco and working at a bar where you're actually trying to get to know people, and you're already you already know that you're too old playing these games, but you're gonna play them anyway because you're trying to get to know people in a new city and a new state. And you know, like I said, I've told this story about how I've fallen up the stairs on my way home, yeah. and I and I got a dent in my cheek for life. Yeah. Or well, you, you know, see my face, my girl. Pants. My eye is. <laughs> I mean. It's fucked up forever. I mean, and I love it. I don't have a problem with it. I, my, but it, what the real bummer was that I broke my nose for the fifth time or sixth time. I mean, how many yeah, times can I break my poor little nose? This, and there, that was that skateboarding incident. Which time? Uh, that was like the time. That was the last time I did it. it. was right before my friend's wedding when I fell off my skateboard and I broke my nose and had two black eyes for the wedding. That was fun. Uh, and then this last time when I fell on my face, there was another, there was the first time when it got hit, then there was the second, oh, there was the time when they rebroke it to do the surgery. Then there was the time during rough sex where I got a collarbone to the nose. And then he's like, I know, I know it was great. And he was bummed because he gave me his favorite t-shirt and I bled all over it, but I let him finish. So, like, it was a collarbone incident, and then we went to – he gave me his T-shirt, and then we turned around, went doggy style, and he finished. I let him finish with my broken nose, and I was I had a bleeding broken nose. I feel like that's a champion move, but maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, let him finish. So that was five. I think I got no it. comment on that. <laughs> uh, I think that's it on the broken noses. <laughs> I got no comment five. on that. Better than me. I, would you, you know, just have been like, I'm done? Right. No. I was like, eh, well, you can finish. It's fine. Yeah, you're too generous. Oh, thanks. I, you know, 
it's just like you know I um and I I want to I want to uh, sound like a little bitch again because I've been on this emotional kick of thanking and giving people the props ever since my birthday, and I'm going to give you props right now because um, as someone that you didn't know me from Adam, and it has been six, it'll be six years I believe in October, somewhere. It's, uh, it's somewhere around the 2014 age. It was the Obama era, let's put it that way, where you gave me a chance and seeing the evolution of ourselves and seeing also, too, not just the evolution, but just still being who we are. I I have to say I'm truly thankful to still uh, being able to talk my shit with a friend and also to identify with someone that does come through, uh, com- does come through, come from, excuse me, two different worlds, yeah. but also at the same time does not. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have to give you props and everyone out there in the podcast land who will listen to this and you better because I'll find you <laughs> and I will come and eat your groceries. And then regurgitate them, and it'll be a waste of money. Uh, <laughs> I, you have to give this lady props because, you know, not only is she still holding it down for mutiny and all these podcasts, but she's actually reaching people worldwide. And uh, we need to do a little bit more to keep yeah. it going. You're so and amazing. I'm, I'm also telling. I'm telling myself that as well. Like, I need to do a little bit more, especially in these trying times, because we don't know what's going to happen after November 3rd. We don't know if, like, if this person gets a second term. You know, we're near the age of fascism, and shows like this will be cut off the air if people like Fuckface get elected, where we can't have these conversations about our past. Talking about bulimia, this is what the whole conversation is about talking about vanity, bulimia, and just how we grew up and seeing how... So similar. Yeah, it's a fucked up part of... Very similar. It's, um, you know, I hope so, I hope someone is listening out there that is young and that is possibly going through that and, you know, who can identify with what we're talking about and just know that you are not alone you will probably eventually grow out of it. If you don't grow out of it, please, uh, you know. Invest in a good dentist. You if you're not going to grow out of it, get a good dentist now. And uh, because your teeth, <laughs> the enamel on your teeth is going to take a beating. The acid. The acid. And the, and the stomach acid. It's yes. bad, bad, bad for your teeth, teeth, teeth. And for your esophagus. And you can have, there's so many terrible things over time with, eating disorders and just yeah. punish how women and I remember people my, punish uh, themselves. Gynecologist telling me that too. Yeah. You know, telling me that because I was honest with a doctor once and that was the last time I was ever honest. Ah, yeah, don't tell them anything. No, I'm kidding. Tell your doctors things, I guess. <laughs> Be honest with your doctor. If I'm gonna so, give a pro tip out, it's my favorite chapter from the Karen Carpenter story which was the way that how she hid her eating disorder from everybody. She, she had anorexia. She would take skim milk, which has like 80 calories a cup, right? 
and she, then she would take uh, a blender with ice cubes, and she would blend up her 80 Blended. calories of skim milk, yes. and she'd call them milkshakes, and she'd sip around. Milkshake. She'd sip with her straw, and everybody would be like, look, she's eating a milkshake. Look at her eat. Yes. And it really wasn't anything. I do recall anything. that story. Oh, God, I love, I love Karen Carpenter. So sneaky. But don't, uh, don't be yeah. anorexic. Be comfortable with your bodies. Love who you are. Try to find out. Work what, out. Work out. But tr- and while you're working out, use that time. Like today, I scootered here and I was going pretty fast. And but I was thinking about all those moments of like, you know, work out. Think about yourself. Think about why you're triggered by what and when do you want to eat all of the pretzels and when do you, what what happened that makes you feel. That, that has that voice in your head that's like, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be good What is that? That's, I mean, I know who that voice is. That's me. I'm that voice. But why is that there? And how can I stop that inner diatribe from bringing me down? Because I don't think, I don't think other, you just gave me a slew of compliments. I don't think that other people think that way of me. But then I tell myself, no. of course they think of you that way. You're a piece of shit. So exactly, <laughs> it's my own. I'm my own worst enemy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm the enemy. That's great. Hopefully, those voices will go out of the door. I'm going camping Ooh. Thursday through Sunday. So Fun. my I, and my friends at the bar that I used to work at in Chicago because they all wished me a happy birthday because they still remember my black ass. Yeah. One of my uh, regulars said. Oh, you finally crossed over to the white side. Oh. I really thought that was a really fucking funny <laughs> But, um, yes, I'm going to be doing side. white people shit. It's called hiking. Yeah, walking on dirt, sleeping, uh, appropriating Native American and ancestral culture. Yes, yes. Get it, queen. When white people do camping, it's just a bad stereotype. We've been camping. Of course day. you've been camping. So I'm pretty... I just, I just feel like it, it, it's funny. I love but whatever. Too. I just, I just appreciate this uh, podcast. Oh, this I appreciate moment. you so much. Leave us with one thing from the news. We didn't really. Well, uh, we were, we were like doing therapy today, which I love. Oh, 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 Give us oh, a news oh, story. okay. Um, yes. So, um, so what we do have going on is with the Jacob Blake. Uh, did, oh, this did not happen while we were on the air last week. So some white supremacist kid. Oh wait, it, we did. Did we talk oh, about? Oh, the this? kid that the seventeen-year-old anyway, that shot the person and then walked right by the police and they didn't do anything. But then before and there so was the Trump other guy. And the right are praising him. What? They're praising him. He has a GoFundMe that's at, I think at a quarter million dollars. What? Oh, that now, okay. Now, now that makes me angry. He's got a quarter million dollars in his GoFundMe, okay. and I can't get like fifteen grand in the Mutiny Radio one. Motherfuckers. Thing. Okay, so the kid is a minor, number one. He has an AR-15. That's illegal. He crossed state lines with an illegal firearm who is a minor. Throw the kid the in jail. Why are we fuck- raising money for this little fuckbag? He's obviously an idiot because who's so self-entitled. But the thing is, he's a self-entitled asshole with a gun who shot someone who's totally dangerous across state lines. This is who we throw the book at. This is who we throw the book at. What the fuck, man? Oh, oh, and then and then over the weekend in Portland, because 
For some reason, Chicago and Portland are just like the hotbeds. The most, yeah, the hotbeds of like where you know liberals are are left leftists. Um, so what happened over the weekend? Uh, there was uh, a parade of uh, Trump supporters, and if, if any of you been outside of Portland, you know it is Nazi territory, and you will see some flags. Mm-hmm. Speaking from experience. Um, they didn't let black people in Portland. until they didn't let black people in their in their original when they were it's originally a state. Or yeah, like that? something something yeah. late late late. You couldn't own a house until 1950s. Yeah, yeah, yes. So um, in Portland this weekend, um, there were protests. They were peaceful until those fucking Trump supporters come through. And you know what? They were they came through on their pickup trucks, like six hundred of them, and. Some of these people were from different states that came in and paraded through Portland, Oregon, shooting paintballs at the peaceful protesters, oh, a.k.a. Lord. Antifa. And so um, then I think your Portland friend probably might have more information in contrast to what I know. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting this from, like, Young Turks and other um, real news. Yeah. And so basically what happened is uh, they were shooting uh, paintballs and throwing things at the uh, the peaceful protesters. Well, guess what happened? One of the right-wing uh, white na- uh, supremacists uh, basically got killed. Not a white supremacist. No, not a white supremacist. Keep going. Yeah. So now you're going to be here and talk about leftists killing white supremacists, or excuse me, uh, Trump supporters. That's false. If you want to know about real protection, learn about the story that is going on in Portland about, the, and they're keeping this under wraps on the right wing because uh, the person that got killed was threatening and easy shot at the protesters. But you're not hearing that story. What you're hearing about is the right wing and talk and. Uh, giving this Kyle white supremacist cracker his props for coming over the state lines with an illegal gun who was a minor to antagonize, to threaten, and to literally kill people. His ash, I know where Antioch is. Antioch is a suburb of Chicago. Kenosha is not that far away from Chicago. So this motherfucker came over here and he was trying to protect he was trying to protect himself. The kid needed to be home. Where's his parents? Yeah. Where's his parents? Oh my God. So that is one thing. I, I have not I've not been watching the news. Question. Where are this kid's parents? Who's letting their who's letting their seventeen year old have a gun like that also? What the fuck? There's no reason. You you don't well, shoot you know deer. Parents like him don't give him a Oh, wait, wait. Oh, there's one more thing. I'm sorry to okay. cut you off again, but there is actually a video of him uh, earlier this summer, back in May, uh, in Antioch, beating up some girls. They were white girls, but they didn't like the way they were talking to him. It doesn't matter if they were white. The point is, he there's video of him beating up two girls wow. and people trying to pull him off these girls. Wow. That's, again, a red flag. A 17-year-old. So many red flags on this kid. No. I want to know where his parents are. I want to know if he's in 
if he has oppositional defiance disorder, if he's in a pullout special ed class, if he's in regular ed. I want to know what his teachers say about him. I want it. Well, nobody knows he, he hasn't even been in school. Class family. Oh my God. This I'm so scared we're, we're, for the future. We're talking about our talking about our stuff when it comes to like what we had to deal with with like the social anxiety and the social norms and the realms of it. This is what it spills over to do. This is what happens when, you know, people talk about inner city kids and blah, blah, blah. And fuck that. No. I always said the most dangerous place that I lived in was suburbia because everything was so protected, but you had these kids and I went to school with them and I'm sure you did that had these weird ideologies and they were violent in some sort. Like I come from an era of Columbine and bomb threats and people wanted to repeat this idea of killing their classmates because they didn't want to get what they want. And so the suburbs are a breeding ground for this. This kid comes from an up, upper class suburb of Antioch. I know exactly where it is. And these are places where secretly you don't know what's going on in the house or secretly you just found out this guy down uh, the cul-de-sac murdered his family. That actually happened in my, in my uh, neighborhood. You know, yeah, you have yeah, pedoph- yeah. pedophiles down here and someone who murdered his family uh, a couple of doors down. Scary stuff. Yeah. I, the world's falling apart. We're all going to die. Just, we all have to deal with our existential dread and we're going to be fine. Not, not without looking good. Not without looking good. Yeah. No, I'm going to look good with my existential dread. I'm actually, or I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Everybody, control your lives in a new way. Find something productive to do. Read a book. How about reading a book? That'd be nice. Yeah. Read some, read some history. Read oh. some history. Read some history. Watch the Tracy Gold movie. Yes! <laughs> Lifetime movie history, yes! Well, you're the best. I can't wait to see you in real life. I love you. I love you, too. Coming soon. If I don't die this weekend, if I get attacked by a snake or a mountain lion. Yeah, come on out. Come on back to Mutiny Radio. We can be distanced socially and wear masks, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Uh, and then, I, don't, I, I, yeah, come out. It'd be great. I, I'm leaning I'm leaning on that fact. Woohoo! We'll have the best time camping. And uh, maybe Thank I'll you. maybe I'll see you next week or in a week or whenever you whenever whenever. You will, you will. And, and I will make sure my camera's on deck if any white supremacists come near because you know, they all in California too. Yeah, they're gonna be four hours south. They're so. everywhere. Mm. All right. You have a great, great I love rest you. of your week. I love you too. Bye, Latoya, the sheriff. Bye, podcast people. Love you. Well, that was Latoya. She's amazing. I love her so much. So, hey, everybody. There is a live show um, here at Mutiny Radio every Friday. We're having our 20th one this Friday at 7 o'clock. And you can listen live or you can come in person and socially distance. That's super great. But thank you for joining me today on the Some Call Me Tim slash AltaCast. Here at Mutiny Radio in .fm and .sf. And I'm going to put on some of my favorite other shows like 
She could do flat black plastic. Let us do, let us do flat black plastic from last week. Cause gosh, I love Scotto. Um, Scotto Walker Saturdays flat black plastic at noon, high noon on Saturday. Always something new. Always something amazing. He is always great. It's true. anniversary of the birth of uh, Charlie Parker, Charlie Yardbird Parker, one burned in 100 today. Well, here's Jack McFouty in his tenor. Well, say again, how about blowing something, man? Got the next call. Sorry, that's great. Take it, you got
Excuse me, miss, for asking you this. But who made you a good man 
me. Sure. I know I'm a funny looking fellow. Ooh, but if I clean up, won't you have a little pity on me? That's what I'm talking about. That's the I'm the man that is the lightning hopper. I'll tell you what I've done. I rode old T. Mall's pool till I decided that I was buying me a cattle. Look at here. I went a long way with that team on I saved pennies by pennies to get the pair of down pennies on me and Kelly. Nobody likes folks like me. When you drive up in that team on, you know how to that? Look at me and look off. I'd get me two bits worth of gasoline and I'd drive them. <laughs> yeah, I'd drive them. But you know, I don't know how it happened. One day I got left. I got me a Cadillac, black Cadillac with white wall ties. I'm sitting up in there on black, white teeth and white eyes. <laughs> yes, I did. I decided I'm gonna drive my Cadillac. Yes, he is. Oh, uh oh, -uh, that ain't like me. Toot toot. I am, but I just blow back and I know it is. <laughs> Every stop sign I get there, I wanted somebody to be standing there to see that I had changed that two miles into a So, last one day I drove up to the old stop sign, and it was a pretty beautiful little girl standing up there talking to one of them slick cats. He was seeing the sun as it turned around the thing. He was telling her something all the time. When she sees that pretty cat like I started talking. He looked over and seen that it was you understand what I might say to her, it's a fish. He turned his back on her. She said, hey, mister, I feel you going there. I said, oh, kid, I'm going to put you pieces. Why? Could I ride with you, mister? I would like to. I said, oh, get in. I said, you going? I asked him, I said, you going, miss? No, no, father, no. I left him stand. I'm glad I'm out Cadillac. Drove up to a coffee house. I said, nah, I want me a cup of coffee. I pulled over to the side. I said, darling, come on in here, let's drink a cup of coffee. What's that you want to go out go? She said, well, wait a minute, such a beautiful car. I said, you're such a nice person. I said, look, she said, let me show you something. She pulled out a driving license. She said, now, nah, I got my driving license. And they, I know you're not scared to trust me. I just want to make one block. Just about time you drink that coffee, well, I'll be right back. And you know what? And made me feel good because it just looked like I'd been knowing it all the time. Could trust her, you know. <laughs> we ran back to that that boy was twisted. Just as she got there, I thought about it when I ordered my coffee. I said, uh -uh. I said, wait a minute. I said, man, man, trust that much, man. Don't know nothing about it. She allowed me to get in. I run down. I'm gonna make that block so I understand and catch a close to you. I said, now she could be gonna pick up that guy. Well, I, there she was, he getting in, I said, hold it! I said, well, I, you know, the rub on wheel is fast to rub on here. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's put him down. I'm trying to catch this guy, you know, and this girl. But what had me so bad, she done slide over, he getting on the wheel. And when I got up to the scene, just about close enough, I could holler at him.
from the mountain stream Yeah, that storm made to my soul
imagination is funny it makes a cloudy day sunny makes a bee think of honey just as I think of you imagination is crazy your whole perspective gets hazy starts you asking a daisy what to do what to do have you Imagination is silly. You go around willy-nilly. For example, I go around walking you. I can't imagine that you want me to. Quicksilver girl, a lover of the She spreads her wings and she's free. She's a quicksilver girl, a lover of the world. She's seen every branch on the tree.
Take a break from the social isolation and come out to All Jokes, the daytime outdoor comedy show at All Good Pizza in Bayview on Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. It's actually this Saturday, September 5th at 3 p.m. Comedians, grab some brick oven pizza and enjoy the show in an outdoor courtyard.